wrap. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm not alone. <laughs> I am here today hanging out with Brittany. You might remember her from, wow, season one. Yeah, season yeah. one. Um, welcome back to the Intersection Podcast, where we talk about life, culture, faith, and where they all intersect. Um, today's topic is heavy again, so I hope you <laughs> liked the last bit of heavy that we had. That was all about vulnerability and all the things. So we're just going to have some more of that. I hope you don't mind. But before we get in today, because um, this was requested, uh, what you listen to, what you watching? I want to know. All right, also, what, you're, what are you reading? Because, you know, you're always reading something good. Okay, let's see. I'll start with my ears. Do it. So today I discovered that Bad Luck song by Khalid. Khalid, yeah. Khalid, okay. <laughs> um, and I heard it on the way over here. I decided to play one of those random playlists that they have on like Apple Music. Usually I hate them, but I was like, wow, I really didn't know any of these songs. <laughs> and they were actually R&B. It was crazy. Until this one Chris Brown Trey song song came up. Wow. So um, I'm I, fall. <laughs> Bad Luck is really good because I used to have this thing with timing in relationships so it reminds me of like kind of like more upbeat but similar to how i feel about afraid by xavier omar Ooh, that, that's that's one of my favorites yeah so bad luck is kind of like um you find someone you really like them but also you're just used to having terrible timing like you're used to basically how he puts it is falling in love with bad luck like this is just not gonna work out so he's very like hesitant about what the situation is um, because that's his experience. So I was really vibing with that. And um, the other thing I've been listening to is Everything Jay-Z. Because <laughs> my boy reached a Billy. I'm about to have a brunch. Y'all think I'm playing. I am trying to coordinate my friend. Yeah, Billionaire's Brunch. I'm serious. Like, I want to <laughs> go to request a Jay-Z song and everything. But yeah, I've been playing to a lot of, like, um, not even a specific anything. Just all over the bar- board with Jay-Z. Cause I'm so proud. I'm like, ah, so I'm playing like everything from like, I can even go back like blueprint to 444 to, um, mixes. I'm playing him and wicked. Pop. I'm like, I just can't believe it. It's just like mind blowing. Yeah. So that's what I'm listening to. Well, that was like some really exciting news actually this week. It was like a, a bright spot in all the foolishness. Uh, I mean, you know, foolishness all the time. <laughs> so what you listening to? I am. So I really love Goldlink's new song. Also, shout out to him for putting Justine Sky on the cover of his album. Oh. Because they really committed. <laughs> I didn't even know they were together, so. Yeah, <laughs> he claimed claimed in her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's like, it just came out yesterday. I don't even remember the name of it. It will be on the playlist this week. I will also put um, Bad Luck by Khalid yeah. on there. Um, but yeah, I really am I'm excited for Goldlink's new album. Also, he's going on tour with Tyler, the creator. Tyler, the creator is also on the song. I, oh, I should okay. really know the name of it. Okay. Uh, it's escaping me right now. But um, it's Goldlink's song. Isn't that Tyler's song? No, it's Goldlink's song. Okay. Yeah, I listen to Igor. I have not listened to any of that. I'm not going to lie. I don't love Igor. I love the production. I think sonically it's great. I don't love it. <laughs> I mean, I really liked Flower Boy. 
Oh, I, yeah. It's such a vibe. So I don't even know if I want to ruin that. That was my last feeling. And that's the thing. It was a vibe in this one to me. It's not as much of a vibe. Yeah, but he's strange. I don't really expect any kind of consistency from the music you get from Tyler. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> very valid. I expect nothing consistent from him. <laughs> Except for he's going to put something out. And yes. And, or he's going to be at Afropunk. Because ah. every year, without fail. Um... And also, I'm like listening to an ebook because I'm like taking this communication course. Also, don't remember the name of it. But <laughs> what is it about? Just communicating better, and like it's like it's sort of like a it's right now it's the allegory part of like they're going on a journey to like better <laughs> communicate. It's great. Shout out to me taking this course. That's Amen. Funny. <laughs> I can't remember things right now. It's been a long week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't really think I'm listening to anything else. Anything else right now? No. Okay. What you What you looking at? What you watching? What you? What am I watching? Uh, I watched a ton of uh, Sweet Digs videos recently on Refinery Twenty Nine. Oh. They're so cute. It's amazing what people will do with such small spaces. Nice. And to me, that's like always really imaginative. So I've watched like a ton of those in the last couple of days. And I also watched this movie called In a Relationship yesterday. (laughs) Wait, people are not doing anything with these titles. (laughs) Nothing. The movie is just called In In a Relationship. Relationship. And Emma Roberts is in it. And it's just like the weirdest. It, It truly proves that like... Our generation is very screwed up about relationships. Um, And it was funny, but it was just very, it's like, like you're just watching train wrecks. I see. With people. So we watched that yesterday and then started Flashdance. And I was reminded of like how weird the 80s were. Okay. This is a very... Very interesting playlist, watch list you got going on. Well, it just like started automatically after, and we were too lazy to like change it. Okay. So that was actually why. Okay. Um, yeah. And then also, like, obviously, I finished She's Gotta Have It, which was super problematic this season. But you know, like, I watched it. Interesting. I have not watched this season, but even you said that was ago, how more, much more problematic. I don't, don't tell me. <laughs> just I'll just let you, I'll just let you, if you want to. I don't know. It's... Lean into it. Okay. <laughs> what are you watching? Um, so much stuff. I don't know, I've been in like a TV, movie situation. Well, first let me start off with the things that I want other people to watch too. First of all, Black Coffee. So Black Coffee, the BET. Oh, yes. I, I started watching it too. Yeah, the BET digital series with Mark Lamont Hill, Gia Peppers, and my homie Jamia Pond on YouTube and or Facebook. I've been watching it on YouTube. Yeah. So I've been trying to catch up because that just started this week. Yeah, like yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like really getting into the conversation. They were just um, having about... Um, Lots of things. HBCUs. They're talking about the Ava DuVernay um, docu-series, which I'm not watching. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> um, what else did I watch this week? I watched Red Table Talk with Sierra. Did she give you all the prayer? Um, kind of. 
first, first of all, I didn't even know, because she'd be acting like she don't hear us. So somebody actually wrote into the show. You know how they do the table, yeah. uh, the, bowl the bowl at the end? So somebody was like, Sierra, sis, what's the prayer? And she was like, y'all be killing me with this praying thing. I was like, girl, we just want to know. She gave some vague answer. <laughs> she said, I just really prayed like on myself that I would like find discernment. We're like, okay. So that was something. Um, I've also been trying to finish Mad Men. So, oh, classic. Yeah, classic. me and my homie-ish were obsessed with Mad Men when it was out. And then their last season, season seven, was split into two parts. And the second part followed a year after the first part. And so when it came back on, we were we had this whole plan because it was going to be the end. That's why they broke up the last season. We were like, oh, we're going to watch it together. And then we never did. So then we, over the last, I don't even know when Batman ended, maybe seven years ago. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Six or something. Uh, we've been trying to restart the series so that we could get to the end to see how the series ends. And we have failed several times. But this time we're on it. So we have our like regular Mad Men checkups. And I, now I'm in season seven. Like we've rewatched the whole show. Wow. And now we're at the point that we stopped. I'm on the second half of season seven, which I never saw. So I'm like, ah. But now I'm back to being anxious about it because then I know it's going to be over again. So I'm kind of pissed about that. I'm like, damn, it's only like five more episodes. Let me slow down. Let me. <laughs> we were trying to rush through it because seven seasons is a lot when you're trying to binge watch something, but then now we're like at the end. Um, I've also been watching reruns of Pose, which comes on next Tuesday, June eleventh. Yes. Um, what Dominique ain't tell y'all is this is a special pride edition of the Intersection Podcast. <laughs> which I'm here for. It is pride. so Pose is the sh- I'm like obsessed. I'm like cannot wait for it to come back even watching it from last season I'm like what a great show it's also really long it's like watching many movies yeah um so I can't wait and then um I did just finish always be my maybe with Ali Wong and Randall um on Netflix and it was super super cute yes my favorite part was actually just the beginning when they kept playing 93 till infinity because I used to be obsessed with that song (laughs) That uh, the music for that show for that movie was amazing. Whoever was the so music um, producer was was like <laughs> spot on. And it was funny. Like it was funny. Yeah. And uh, I just love Ali Wong. She always like puts hope back into me into comedians because I'm like yeah. over comedy. But then her specials come up like oh, I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> and they're always hilarious. They are all <laughs> Ali Wong. Oh, and then I want to give a special shout out to the books I just finished. I'm not really. Well, technically, I was reading three things simultaneously and two I just finished. So I just finished Fahrenheit 451, which I read for the first time. Super interesting and very short and ends on a cliffhanger. So I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, Then I just finished Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown, which I loved. And we'll be talking about in a little bit. Loved it. (laughs) And now I'm back into... Um, I think it's They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us by Hanif, mm-hmm. uh, which is a collection of essays about music, because um, he is a poet, but he's also a music critic. I don't know if y'all knew that black people could be music critics, because you never see that, really. Like, he writes really good articles online. Like, I read one, I don't know if it was last year, about Kid Cudi. He interviewed Kid Cudi. I think it was a fader. can't remember what publication. And it was like a, a long spread, and it was so beautiful. It's also like he's a poet, so his essays don't just be like, 
this album was great. These are the songs. This is the story they went on. Like, he'll give you his own story. So, and he listens to all kinds of music. So the collection of essays, there are essays about My Chemical Romance, and there are essays about um, The Weeknd, and there are essays about Michael Jackson, there are essays about Alan Iverson. <laughs> it's just like a really good collection. Of, and each essay makes me want to go listen to the music, or it makes me like relive the time. It's very like nostalgic. He like writes it in this way. Like with the like he'll say things like, um, I remember going to this concert in two thousand five, um, or listening to the single on the radio in the middle of the night, driving to a girl in the next state over who I won't remember in a year. Wow. Like that'll be a sentence. And you're like, damn. <laughs> so all the links of these will be in the notes. Like, I wanna read that one too. So. so and and I know you love music. Yeah. And also because it's a collection of essays. I like have put it down several times. Like I'll read a couple of essays because they're all different. It's not like a novel. Then I'll pick something else. And I'll pick it back up and be like, damn, I'm really, really about to go listen to like um, My Chemical Romance. Yeah, I really, I really went into a whole thing. I might have to make. I wish he would, but he might have to make a whole playlist to just this this collection of essays. Yeah. Um, his new book is out, which I didn't, I haven't read yet, but it's all about a trap called Quest. So I'm like. This guy is so prolific. What are we doing out here? And then he, I think he has another collection of poetry coming out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So all of these will be in the <laughs> show notes. I am between books right now other than listening to the one about communication. Oh, gotcha. Um, I'm also still reading Queenie. I know. I posted about that when I was in Maui. Stuff happened while I was in Maui. So, yeah. I, you know, put it down and picked it back up. Um, and I also want to read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, City of Girls. Well, it just looks one. really, just the cover looks really pretty. So, yeah. and I also love Elizabeth Gilbert. I, yeah. So I was like, ah, I might read this. I mean, I'm going to a bookstore right after this. This is what I'm about to do. And I need a new book to go along because I'm almost finished Hanif's collection. Oh. And um, I have like a bunch of different ones. I just don't know what kind of mood I'm in. Of course. That's the, that's the thing. Mm. But, well... For the heart section, yes. we're obviously just going to talk about the topic. Ayo! So. Pretend this is a commercial break. <laughs> so, for today's topic, mm-hmm. we're talking about self-exploration. Okay. Which, I feel like is a lifelong journey. It's not like something that you, like, just suddenly decide to do mm-hmm. um you're always learning who you are how you want to present yourself in the world but sometimes you just do it more explicitly like I am taking this time to try new things figure out what I like figure out what I don't like mm-hmm. um grow heal all those things yeah and so I know that you are in the beginning middle constant of this of this it's just called status return y'all <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm in the middle of yes which also can you explain what that is for people yes uh also shout out to my girl Nayo who made a whole album about it for saturn's return is kind of like um this astro astrological situation that happens about 27 28 years saturn is back in the position it was um from when you were born And what that means in kind of a concrete way is that usually around the end of your 20s, like 27 to, I think you have to hit 31, it's like four-ish years, um, you go through lots of change. 
lots of transition. It feels like everything is kind of like falling apart, but also coming back together. And um, yeah, so it affects people in lots of different ways. There's a book that I read about Saturn's return that can tell you um, if you find out where your like what planet or I'm sorry, what sign is in your Saturn, you can find out what your Saturn's return will be about. <laughs> oh. So sometimes they're just different things. It's not always the same for everyone. Some people it's relationships, it's themselves, it's their families. Some people it's work. It's like, oh man, I thought I knew what I wanted to do. I don't know anymore. For me, it's actually work. Whatever, um, whatever sign my Saturn is in, when I read that book, it was like, oh, your, your Saturn's return is all going to be purpose, professional, you're going to go through lots of things where you're not sure what to do with your gifts or where you want to be. And so that's what I'm in the midst of until, because I'm 29 now, so until I hit 31, it just shakes everything up. And I mean, lots of people feel that way, but they don't really um, understand that there is some like cosmic relationship to it, that it kind of happens around the same time for everyone. And then the next time it happens is 28 years from then. And so that's what the midlife crisis is. That's why everybody's like, oh my God, like everyone has midlife crises. It's it's back to another Saturn's return. Isn't that wild? That is wild. And <laughs> makes me like not want, you know. It's just... I mean, you're, you're coming in. You just started. It's, if you don't like how it feels now, and basically what everyone tells you is the worst thing you can do during that period of time is resist. Yeah. You just have to go with what's happening. So... If right you lose your job, if you move in, if a relationship, it's just, it's going to bring you into a good space, but you have to trust it. The more you resist, kind of the more painful it's going to be. That's <laughs> so sad. <laughs> so like, yeah, the more you resist, the more, the more it's going to feel like, uh, like a really uncomfortable or painful experience, but it is just going to change things. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. I see that you've already, since you've already started this, yeah, so you're like two years in, pretty much. Would you say that it started when you were 27? I, I feel like I've been in Saturn's return my whole life. But, <laughs> <laughs> I want to Some say, people probably have, you know? I do feel like I've been in it my whole life, but I can note that around my 27th year, lots of things shifted more drastically. Okay. So I did leave my job of five years at the time. Uh, which brought me to BCL, which is how I met you. Mm-hmm. Like, just lots of, like, really, like, uncomfortable things happened um, that were bigger than they had ever been right around 27. Everything changed. I changed lots of lots of things. What I wanted to, like, study, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. Like, the things that I thought that I wanted, all, I had, like, a list. All of those things were different um, kind of, like, around that time. And then there was this period of feeling like, what am I doing, like, super lost? Um, and now it's the period of things are shaking up, but, like, I'm, I, I've am i been in it long enough that I'm adjusted. I'm like, all right, well, here we go. It's well, that's to change again. Um, where before I was like, what? I was so attached to, you know, whatever I had or whatever I thought I had that the beginning was really hard. It was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, it felt like someone, like, literally taking the clothes off your back you're like i'm wearing this what is this <laughs> um but now it just is like all right you can have the clothes <laughs> like i trust that i'm about to get new clothes whatever you say it's kind of like you just surrender into the process 
Oh, okay. So would you say that that's what inspired you? Like just surrendering into the process of like trying to like ride the wave, figure out Mm -hmm. who you are, what you like. Yeah. And that could be sort of like in terms of like joy, pleasure, attraction, life, jobs, like, you know. Yeah. Um, I would say yes. I think 27, I really started primarily dating women. I don't think I have dated <laughs> since 26. Real talk. I was like, oh, guess we're just not ever doing that again. Not, not sure what's happening. Just go with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, 27, until now, yeah, lots of things changed. Shout out to therapy. I used to be super rigid. So I was the kind of person who was like, this is what's happening. And this is what I want for my life. And that's what's happening. And so I started therapy probably a couple of months before um, I turned 27, maybe. And she was just like, you have to release some of that. Like, and so I'm in this process of just allowing myself to be whoever I'm, I'm supposed to be in the moment. So um, you can ask bad people. I've become super flexible in a way that I was not before. Before I was like, this is what's happening. I'm going to live here. I'm moving here in six months. I'm doing this. I'm planning these trips. And now I'm kind of like, hmm. Like, it'll be like, I'll make a decision to do something. But then I'll allow whatever is going to happen with that decision to happen. Like, I won't resist it. So if I'm like, um, even if I'm like planning a trip, it could be something fun. I don't have like a super specific list of all the specific places I'm about to go anymore. Now I'm like, I want to go on a trip. I'm putting that out in the world. I'm going to start saving money towards a trip, but I'm unattached to where the trip is. So if like a flight deal comes up or something, I'm like, you know what? I never thought I wanted to go here. I'll just like buy a ticket to go there. Before I had like a whole map. This is, these are the seven places I got to see in this time. And, and so, yeah, I just have learned to be more open. And not as I try not to say absolutes anymore. I try not to be like, this is just the way I am. Um, and that was also a tool from therapy. She was just like, well, what if you are different now? Can you not be different? Like, are you just always going to be like this? And I was like, that's how it's always been. That's how it's always going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, uh, maybe I can allow. I'm, I'm just opening my mind to not think that I know everything. Oh, that's that's good to like. So I'm guessing there's freedom there. There's you found a sense of freedom because for some people, letting go of the rigidness may not feel as free. Like I know for me, like just hearing you explain that, I'm like, oh no, like <laughs> I want my structure. Woo! What are we talking about? And so like, do do you eventually like settle into the freedom of just sort of riding the wave? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's scary every single time. Oh, wow. Okay. So even though I'm not as rigid, I'm still not a different person. So I, I still really would like to know what's happening. I just now know that I don't know everything. All that has happened is that I've accepted that I don't know everything. But I still am scared and uh, nervous. Every time something shifts, I'm like, is this the right thing to do? Oh, God. <laughs> like, I don't, this doesn't feel good. I don't like it. And um, what I have, what has happened is I have built trust within myself, um, kind of like trust with God, trust with the process, that it's for the best. So even when I don't want to do something, which is all the time, I wake up every morning with a list of things I I don't want to do. Old me would have just been like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> New me is like, I'm probably going to do it. I just might not like it the whole time. 
because it has to happen. It's going to, like, things are going to happen whether you want them to or not, and that's what I understand. And so building trust with myself has become more like um, everything that has happened that has scared me, every moment, every time I make a new decision, it actually always works out for the best. That's true. So for me, it's now like when something scary happens, which is every day, <laughs> like, oh no, why is this happening? I'm usually like, well, last time something happened, it was great. Like it worked out and it's gonna work out. And so I just go with that. Like I just go with God and be like, all right, well, it's happening. Like I can't be so controlling. Um, I don't make the plans. So yeah, it's not really a sense of freedom. The freedom, I guess, is there, but it's not with all the new things that are happening. The freedom is kind of like, I really do kind of like not having so much of a plan because then it doesn't bring up any of the things plans bring up, which are like anxiety or stress or disappointment when you don't make certain things. Because I don't have those kind of goals anymore. That Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like, even down to, like, having kids, I used to have a whole timeline. I swore at 26 that that dude I was dating was going to be my husband. I was upset with him for moving so slowly. I said, we've been dating almost three years. When are we moving in together? When are we doing this? And he was like, whoa. And not on some regular dude stuff, but he was, like, more free than I am. So he was like, what if I'm not, what if we're not supposed to do that? And I was like, what? No, this is what happens. You date for this amount of time, you love each other, and then you do these steps. And he was just like, I don't even know if I want to live here. I don't know what I want to do next. And I was like, you better figure it out. And now it's kind of like, um, if, if I am allowed the opportunity to have a family in that way or to get married, I would be really happy about it. If I'm allowed the opportunity to have what I think is my dream job, I'd be happy about it. But I'm not like... There's no plan, so there's no disappointment. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like, oh, it didn't work out. I'm such a failure. So like that, there's freedom in that. There's freedom in just being able to allow what is supposed to happen, like the blessings and all of those things to just happen. That's the best part. It makes you feel super, super good because I was like, I really didn't know what I was doing before. You know? Yeah. So this is like that. I was like, this is gonna be an episode where she talks primarily because your girl's just in the beginning. (laughs) It's just like I feel like those these types of things they take time to cultivate. They take time Mm -hmm. to like get to the point where you're like, I don't have to know the plan. Mm -hmm. And I definitely am not at that stage. Like I'm still like very much so like so so plans. Like (laughs) I'm just like that's still my personality. Like I need I need to know dates and it's just like ingrained and so but I would love that freedom like I know that I would love to which is a little bit like walking by faith yeah it is completely doing that and actually I told you before even earlier today you're already doing it you just don't know that it's happening like we've been having conversations you're like oh these things are happening I'm so comfortable like you're deciding to make these decisions about your dreams about all of these things that don't have the same plan you had when you got here that's true. That's that's <laughs> valid. This, this podcast was not, you know, yeah, it wasn't like, a thing. So like you're doing it, you just have to. It's just gonna be more and more of a practice for you. Like it's already happening. 
and it starts with like one or two things like oh, okay that wasn't too bad oh i didn't know i would like join this random group oh that's interesting i didn't know i would like get into yoga oh, okay and then it's and then it comes like more drastic it's like yeah that's true. <laughs> when you be forgetting your own life and your friends be like, um. Yeah, so it starts slowly. And there are things that I feel like you have been doing that have deviated from whatever specific plan you had. But they've been great. They've been working out. They have. I mean, you know, when they go left, then, then we'll worry about them. Um, but what are some explicit things that you would say this this journey has brought you on that, like, what are things that are explicitly you're like? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you started, you pretty much are exclusively dating women right now. That doesn't mean that that will always be the case. But like yes. right now, that's what it is. But yeah. what has it taught you sort of about how maybe in relationships mm-hmm. you've interacted with people? Like how you've grown with people, how you decide to like meet and do community with people, mm-hmm. like that type of thing. I guess the best part of where I am right now is that I no longer put expectations on people. So people are just coming into my life and they're showing up how they're showing up. And I have a new mindset that says all of these things that are happening are here for a reason and to be present with what that is. And so instead of usually it was like before when things happen, even my interactions with people I was trying to put them into this puzzle that was my life. So I was like, oh, you showed up. You must be here to do this part. (laughs) Like, this is where you go. This is the role you'll play. And then when people didn't do that, I was so upset about it. Um, Mm. Even in that last relationship, I was like, I don't understand. Like, what what I'm missing is this next step to then get married and have all these things. Um, But I was totally missing the point of knowing that person, which was to open me up to mad things. And so now I would say one of the ways that I interact with people is I allow people to be themselves. I don't be placing, I'm not going to be like, in order to love me, you have to like call me this many times or do these things. It's kind of like I'm interacting with people in like an exploratory way. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to gain from you, what you're supposed to gain from me and like how this relationship could be reciprocal. And so I'm interacting with folk. And I'm building with people. I'm like meeting new people every day. And I'm making sure to remind myself to always concretely ask them things about who they are and what they want to see what the alignment is. I really do think that all things are aligned. Um, But before I used to interact with people like, oh, okay, you're supposed to be my business partner. And then you're supposed to be my man. And then you're supposed to be. (laughs) And you're supposed to fit. Yeah. And I had a structure of how that was supposed to look. Like, these are the businesses I'm trying to do. So you should like fall. But then they're like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, what? Um, or they proposed a new plan I was so like upset with it and so now I'm like well let's just see like we do work well together but what is that work what is that gonna work gonna be not sure and so I would say um, yeah I'm kind of liberated in the way that I approach um, just interacting with all people and I'm really into what I'm learning because I want to say I have I have never known myself this well before wow ever what has lent to that like what like what do you would you say like i mean i know that you're you're obviously reading 12 million books all the time yeah those types of things um also if anyone if anything Brittany is the friend that i have that's like hey you should read this thing on like cognitive behavior or something yes. and i'm like oh <laughs> i never would have thought to look at that because um, i don't think of those things usually 
Um, I guess what has led to that is really what I tell everybody. It's the relinquishing of who you think you're supposed to be. But how how did how did how did that? <laughs> I'm like, well, what was this question you trying to ask me? So basically, it's kind of like when you grow up, even when you're little, you're shaped by your environment. You're shaped by your family. You're shaped by your experiences, and those things you you place together in some sort of a life, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't. Those things are all coming from somewhere outside of yourself because you don't know anything, right? Someone taught you how to walk. Someone taught you how to read and write. Um, someone, you know, encouraged you or dressed you. All kinds of weird things we don't think about. And then one day you wake up and you have to decide if those things that you have accumulated your whole life are actually yours. Like, if you want them. So I guess I would say one of the steps of the process is kind of like a Marie Kondo situation. It's like over time starting to investigate different pieces as they came up, right? Mm -hmm. And so one piece might just be how you dress. It could be something simple. Like you wear clothes every day, but then one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, do I even like this color? (laughs) Like I own it. I don't even know maybe if I bought it or not. I'm not sure if I bought it because my homie said I look good or because my mama liked it. And then one day I'm really just like putting it on and then and I'm like, I don't really like this or I really do love this or and then that that's begins the process of shaping your own style. Um, when it comes to um, basically it's like you don't know what you don't know. And so yeah. the beginning of the process is just the investigation. It started with what you have. So you look at the things you have and you're like, do these things fit me? Yeah. So you're coming into like, you just, you start to question. I think that's the first step. You just question everything. Just little things. Like we were talking about hair, everything. Just like one day you look at yourself and you, you bring up a question like, oh, do I like this? Yeah. And then it starts this process of being like, hmm, maybe. Well, let's try something different. And the process can look different depending on what you're interrogating, but just being open to that being different. Yeah. So I would say um, question first. Secondly, I would say experiment. And then third, I would say make a premature commitment to something. Pre Oh, like that you just have to like commit to something for a certain amount of time yeah because i don't think that the world is black and white so i think that even if we were just talking about like style even if we were just talking about dress like you could put on something so the first thing is questioning you put on something you've had for years and you're like why do i still have this right and then Maybe you're like, there are things that about it you like, and so you experiment. You try to put on other things you like or things that are similar to that style in different colors. And then you're like, oh, okay. But because it's a process of getting to know yourself, you might just have to buy a color that you kind of like and just see what happens. Yeah. Like, you can't stay in the store all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the same thing with everything. And so even with my choice to, like, switch my major or leave my job or or start to like um date in different ways it's just this investigation and a premature commitment because what you start to understand is that nothing is permanent and that's great so even if you commit to something you can change your mind you can you can return the pants 
pants, sis. You don't have to keep the red pants. Oh, you don't have to tell me about bias remorse. <laughs> I return everything. But <laughs> but you have to think about that as a process with everything in your life. Like you could so first you think, oh, do I like my job? I've been working here for bad years. Like so that's what happened to me. Originally, I was at a job for five years, and then one day I was like, do I like this job, or like, am I just working here because I'm comfortable, or it's because someone told me it's good for me, and then you start to experiment, apply to different kind of jobs, or think about what you do like about your job, and then maybe I'll like a job like this, but then you just take a new job. You just don't know how it's going to work out. It's not a guarantee that you're going to fall in love with the next job you have, but the good part is everything changes, so you don't have to stay there. That's what I tell people. I think one of my friends, she just got a new job straight out of grad school, and she just started. I want to say she just started on Monday, and by Wednesday, she was like, I hate this job. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's been three days. I said, sis, it's been three days. You hate the job? And she's like, yo, I hate this job so much that it's not what I thought it was going to be and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? She's at a point in her life, in her life where she was like, I actually just called this other job because she had interviewed for other places and turned them down. She called them back. And so now she's like, oh, let me try this other job and see what happens. Because what, what do you, you don't have to stay there. Like, no. Unless you have some kind of life or death contract. I, but people would be like, oh, maybe I should wait six months. You know what I mean? Like you knew on day three they like it. <laughs> So but you're, you're like, like oh, I got to wait it out because, yeah, I don't know. People think that changing your mind is flaky, but sometimes it's just a process. You're just trying to figure out what fits. And if it don't fit, girl, quit the job, get a new job. Try that. If that don't fit, get it. Like, you don't even have to put that job in your resume. I tell people this all the time. Like, we're way too committed to stuff. Like, you, no one has to know you worked here. <laughs> That's real. Don't worry, I know you worked here. You don't here. have to suffer through something just for that so that's why i say make a premature commitment because if she didn't try she would have never known you wouldn't have known that just from the interview or just from looking at the job description you have to like experiment go for things and then those things bring up whether or not it fits for you (laughs) you're just dropping gems for everybody (laughs) because you know i'm just absorbing these are like really good questions and you're like in the middle of the journey whereas like I think there's always that thing that you like can't compare mm-hmm. your beginning to someone's middle or end yeah um which I think is but so like in my head I'm like am I this far out you know, I'm obviously not well so let me ask you the question <laughs> what do you think this is a different version of the question um so even if you think you're at the beginning name me something specific that you have like experimented with and you love like that is kind of different from maybe who you were at one point my hair mm. for sure actually so you y'all can't see me but i had i typically have like a giant fro that's all black mm-hmm. and now i have a shortcut that is gold it kind of looks like a sunset to be honest mm-hmm. um and it's like it's really weird to have hair that's all to have a whole head of hair that's a different color. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily cut. I cut my hair every year. It's hot. I don't really think anything of it. But when my hair was like... A, it's different when it's a different color because you have to like go into the world. Like it's like people see you yeah. a lot more because um, they notice your hair. Which mm-hmm. even before, like people have always been like, I just look for your fro. 
Um, whereas like now they can't look for the fur, but then now they're just like, I look for the color. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was like, you look really different, yeah. which I know is true and not true because my face hasn't aged in 27 years. Yeah. Uh, but, and I'm serious, my baby pictures look exactly <laughs> freakish. Um, but yeah. like having gold hair and like, it, it like makes me present myself differently. Mm-hmm. And so, but I love it. Like it's like something new and interesting. So when you like look into the mirror and you see this version of Dominique, you love it. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. But like, is that something you could have figured out without having tried this? Oh no, there's no way. Also, there's no way that I could have picked it either. So that's like yeah. kind of what's also interesting and different about this, like this change mm-hmm. is that I just went in sort of with an idea Yeah. and my stylist knows me well enough, Mark. Yeah. I will also put his tag in the notes. <laughs> Um, he's amazing. Um, and I just sort of like showed him and he was like, are you cool if I just like do whatever? And I was like, be free. Go with God. Um, and so now, I mean, and actually when I first saw it, I was like, whoa. Like I, it was like startling. Like I was like, I don't know if I can pull this off to be honest. And so, which I think is the other fear that comes along with starting something new. Like I know last episode when I was talking with, um, Christina, Talking, we were talking about like be, how being unique mm-hmm. sometimes is difficult because it's like you don't want to be unique at the expense of your community. Mm-hmm. And I know that like most people would just be like, then that's not your community. But they could be. Like also, this could be people that are family. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not like, but they could see you and be like, that's a lot. Or, yes. they, or like some part of you is like, that's different. That's yes. a lot. And I think that sometimes that's difficult for us to walk into. At least for me, I know that that's like one of the hard things for me is like, I don't want to be rejected. That's like one of my biggest fears in the world. Um, Well, I did listen to that episode. And one of the things that I was trying to maybe kind of wrestle with is the idea of the value of it, right? And so for me, it's like, what is the bigger what is the bigger rejection or what's the bigger disappointment is it my mama or myself yeah like i could still have straight hair right now i have locks but my parents did not want me to if we're talking about hair to change my hair or who i was at all but if i had just continued on that just to be recognizable in some kind of shape that wasn't comfortable for me i don't even know like i'm just trying to uh, my my um, entanglement kind of like with that notion is what I have come to and this is what they tell you so I'm so excited they tell you that once you hit 30 that's when you really don't care and I feel like I have approached that um, even though I'm still like at least three months away it's just kind of like I really rather get up and look in the mirror and feel like wow than have anybody else kind of influence my own decisions. Mm-hmm. Like that like that that moment where you get to do your own thing to me is like so powerful. And so I really want that for everybody. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Some people won't understand, not mad people won't understand it. Um, but that's kind of why I say like, you gotta experiment and make a premature decision because sometimes people, sometimes people grow with you. <laughs> Yeah. But you can't know that if you stay the same. Yeah. No, that's for sure. <laughs> and also, like, the, the reality is, is your people are going to change, like, 
you know, like over time, like it's not necessarily saying that the people that you grew up with are not yeah, going to yeah. like ride with you the same way. They probably will. But like, there's also a chance that like you're going to meet new people on the, the way that are like much more like are aligned with the direction you're going and not who you've been. Or even people will just grow in general. Like my mom loves my hair. And oh. she was the biggest, like, sis, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you have beautiful long hair, you want to cut it all off, then you want to grow it back, then you want to get locks. Like, it was completely foreign to her. But now that it is a thing, one, she had always respected a decision that I can make for myself, but now she's like, I wish I would have, you know, I, and a lot of my elders tell me this, like, I wish I would have been brave enough to do those things for myself. Yeah. Um, those are one of the things that I like take with me in this really confusing time of being like, who am I supposed to be? Maybe I show like, maybe this is what my boss wants. Maybe this is what my my partner wants. Maybe this is what you know my family wants. But kind of like even my grandmother, she used to be like, there are so many things that I gave up for other people, and I wish I never did. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's and I was like, girl. And so she encourages me a lot uh, because they've had those experiences of kind of like like stuffing away certain desires, mm-hmm. certain things. And then there's those regrets. So I say that to say, I love that you cut your hair. I don't know who was telling you not to because there's always going to be an opposition. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's my mom loves it now. But when at first she was like, you, can you not cut off your hair? Yeah. And now, but now I, you know, also washing it. it once you get short hair and you have to, the, the speed in which you can wash your hair yeah. changes your whole life. Ah. Literally changes your whole life. I was like, I don't know if it'll ever have, I mean, I'll probably have long hair again, but I know that like at first she was like, nah. And then she, she was like, I like it. it. Like it just takes, sometimes also it takes people a second to like grow with you um, and change. And like also hair, hair, I mean, for some people may seem very futile, but like we are both black women. So mm-hmm. hair is a, is a giant part of our identity. I mean, honestly, I feel like people of color think everything is a giant part of our identity because we just have to, we've tried so hard for so long to like prove our humanity. Yeah. So it, it could be anything. And we're like, no, we can't. We have to kind of like assimilate or go with something because we can't be letting these people think we're any different. Um, because different and foreign is other and like, no, chill. And so my thing is, like, um, even with coming out, ooh, child, what a time. (laughs) What a time. What a time. (laughs) Specifically with my mom. And there's still people in my family I haven't come out to because they're not ready. It's not even about me. They're not. But even with my mom, while she yelled, there was some tears, there was some drama. And what she really actually said to me was, why did you lie to me? But she was referring to the fact that I was being different than who she's known me to be. It had nothing to do with who I was loving. She said, she said to me, I don't understand. You always said that you wanted to like have a family or get married or do these things. And now you're like doing something completely different than that. Like that was her perspective. And I was like, wow, your, your anger or your fear has, it, it has to do with me being unrecognizable to you. That's insane. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's not... It had nothing to do with the specifics of what I'm telling her. It's not like, oh, you have a girlfriend. I'm pissed about it because of whatever reasons. It was more like, I'm pissed because you're different. Now I feel like I don't know you. And she literally said that. Now I feel like you you lied to me this whole time. And I was like, what? (laughs) And 
so I was like, no, I'm still who I am. I just like the way that I'm expressing that is slightly different. But you know me. You actually do. None of those things that I've ever said have changed or some of them have, but not like core who I am. And now she's like, great. <laughs> she's like, super. Like, I want to meet your girlfriend and all these crazy things. I was like, wow, I just can't believe the journey. But also if I didn't have the confidence to be like, this is what's happening. People will really talk you back down to some other per- like version of yourself that you don't want to be. That's a that's a word. That's a whole word. Yes. People will like, you don't really want that. You don't like that dress. You don't really like your hair color. And then you'd be like, do I? Like it's Yeah, because like, it's so easy. Like, especially people don't and I I mean Crystal always says this, which mm-hmm. I love. Words mean things. Yeah. And when you hear them, depending on who you are, you internalize them instantly. And like mm-hmm. that becomes your truth. That becomes mm-hmm. the way you walk through the world. And so I think that many times Especially at moments where, like, you're telling someone I might be different than what you thought. If they tell you something back and that's, like, not necessarily powerful enough, but, like, just strikes your your new truth in the wrong way, you'd be like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You, like, question it for a second. So I think that, like, that's something that's very interesting. But also it can be the same in the opposite. Mm -hmm. The way someone sees you or perceives you could be, like, they think this thing and you're like, but no, actually... (laughs) Uh, it's not that way. So I think that that's interesting that it happens both yeah. directions. But I guess sort of going with that and not necessarily yeah. in the sense you, like you, and you talked about therapy, Yeah. Um, a lot of this self-exploration work comes from healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like how has the internal work yeah. to heal yeah. like and detach maybe from like stories of trauma or like your past yeah. helped you like build a stronger, more whole identity now? Yeah. Well, part one is to stop avoiding it. (laughs) Sometimes we like to pretend things ain't happen. Oh, you hurt my feelings, I'm going to move on from it. And those things fester, and they show up in other ways. Like, nothing goes unaccounted for. So if something has happened to you, you're carrying it in your body. You're carrying it in how you present, how you think even if you haven't dealt with it. So it could be something super traumatic to you, um, or it could even just be something that made you uncomfortable, but all of those things live with us. And so the first step was me confronting those things, partly in therapy and partly through many other avenues, like having really uh, honest, transparent conversations with people, journaling, um, going for long walks I used to go for super long walks by myself with silence like not music not trying to distract myself not using escapism as a tool but really like what are my thoughts what what am I like holding on to why is that like and really confronting that is the first thing because you can't heal if you pretend and everything's all good it's like I don't know if you saw that little meme it's like the dog in the room that's on fire and he's it's just fine. drinking. Yeah, he's just drinking his coffee. He's like, this is fine. That's all of us. It's not fine. The first thing you have to do is get up off your seat and try to put the fire out. Mm-hmm. And that's hard work. It can feel overwhelming. Like there's too there's too much fire, there's too much things happening. I don't have the skills, the tools. So go find them, you know? But you can't pretend everything ain't burning down. That's just part one. So yeah, a lot of that came from all of those different things. Therapy, talking with my friends. Um, I started um, having different conversations with my friends, I always like to say. Uh, we would meet up for uh, brunch, reunions. 
we would have dinner at each other's house and then we would try to pick topics that we want to talk about that were just different from hey how you doing who you dating what's going on housework it became like one of them was finance and then all of those things came up insecurities triggers we was like oh god i didn't know that we we were explicitly telling each other like what we made or how we felt or the amount of debt we were in and they were uncomfortable but once it was over it felt like whoo yeah, because you're not carrying it alone. You're not carrying it, and also because you confronted it, now you're presented with the tools to work through it. Because you said it, because you dealt with it, because you didn't pretend that you um, weren't going through those things, now people can help. <laughs> or now things are offered to you. So like once we have that conversation, homies are like, oh, now that you told me that, I can hook you up with a job. I can get you therapy for cheap i could put you up with my financial advisor but if you never say those things if you never talk about them or confront them then you won't get through the process of healing and it's, it's disgusting healing is terrible but see y'all i'm not just saying it usually <laughs> i've said that almost every episode uh-uh. um i'm sure my therapist if she ever listens to this podcast i love you i'm not saying that it's bad i'm saying the situation no, it is bad. a terrible it's a hard <laughs> process yeah and we don't like hard things. No. <laughs> who wants to who wants to actively do something that's difficult or painful? Not I. I want all the joy and the happiness. I do not want to cry. I don't want to talk about it. But I will say that opening up that space to no longer suppress those things has helped me get over them quicker. Yeah. So there was a time, not just with therapy, but I used to do poetry. I used to write about the same things over and over. And a lot of that was because I didn't know what else to do with it. Yeah, like you had to find a way to like get it out. Yeah. And then one day, I didn't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's amazing when your brain is just like, we, we can't talk about this no more. Yeah. But it wasn't because I didn't want to. I had given it the space that it needed. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it needs space. That's why healing is a process. It ain't going to be two months. It might be two years of you crying about the same whatever. Trauma, heartbreak. And then one day, you're like, oh, I actually... Oh, it actually doesn't affect me in the same way. Mm-hmm. The time, the the speaking it out, letting it do its thing. Because the more you avoid it, the more it's going to come up. You're going to be doing something else. Ah, <laughs> there it is. Like, oh, you thought I forgot? I didn't forget. Ain't you hurt from when you were seven? And you're like, I was like, what's going on? And then for the rest of your life, you be by yourself. Every time your brain quiet, when you, something that happened when you were seven is going to pop up. Unless you just let your inner child be seven for a minute. Ooh, that's good. Talk about the inner child, because I feel like that's a very... Many of... I mean, all of us have that. We're like... Stuff that... Most of the stuff that we're dealing with as adults is stuff that happened... We didn't deal with as kids. Also, because we didn't have... We didn't know how, and we didn't have language around it. Yeah. Um, so, a couple of things. I attempted to do this book the artist way. No, y'all, I ain't finished it. But... <laughs> From the two places I got, (laughs) one is like the morning pages, which I still really enjoy. It's just getting all of the white noise out. It's not supposed to be anything. No one's supposed to read it. There's no themes. It's not even like chronicling your day. It's just allowing your thoughts space. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful because then I can think about other things. The second thing is in the book, they tell you to go on solo dates. And so I actually started doing that. Like, planning whole ass dates for myself that was just for me and a lot of it was for my inner child and um 
yeah so creating that kind of space for my inner child to get the things that I what they were she wasn't able to get and so um, I really enjoyed those two processes Um, but then also it's kind of like just having there was this moment in therapy where I don't even remember what happened but something came up that I had suppressed and I was telling my therapist about it and I was mad emotional and then she started crying and then my therapist was like like, I was just like, yeah, you know, and all these things. And then she stops me. She goes, I'm so sorry that that happened to you because it's really terrible. And it shouldn't have happened to you. And, um, you know, the people who who could who should have protected you didn't. And the ways that you should have been loved, you weren't. And I'm sorry. And, like, that was, like, a whole breakthrough moment because sometimes it's just that. Like, the healing of your inner child. Sometimes it's, like, giving your child, your inner child space to do the things that you couldn't do, but also it's acknowledging that there are things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, this also came up on the read not too long ago where Crystal was talking, uh, somebody asked her a question about the work she does in therapy and she was saying that's one of the things she did is like she had to practice just apologizing to her inner child and telling her that like she got it from now on and nothing else is going to happen to her. Oh, that's good. And so it was kind of like that, like my therapist being able to voice and kind of acknowledge that the thing, whatever amount of things that had happened was truly terrible, allowed me to feel a little liberated from that. It allowed me to heal through those processes from when I was a child because nobody said sorry. Yeah. And if no one and also no one spoke to it at yeah. all like it, it wasn't yeah. a, no one even apologized like no one addressed yeah, it at all <laughs> and so I would think those are some of the ways that I like worked through it it was the journaling it was spending time by myself intentional time by myself and not work time I feel like our generation loves good time to work what I mean is like We're a hustle generation what I mean is like I finger painted with myself like I bought some paints and because there were things that I understood about myself and my inner child that I needed to work through, part of that was the rigidity. So at the beginning of this episode, I talked about how rigid I was. A lot of that is because I had it in my mind that I had to be normal or I had to project a certain persona so that I wouldn't get hurt again. Mm-hmm. So things had to follow this outline because this is regular people's yeah. stuff. And also because I then I can control the things that happen, you know what I'm saying? That it's like, oh, then nothing will be a surprise. Now that I'm my own adult, I'm going to do these things and nothing will be a surprise. But what I was really doing that was out of fear. I had built up all of these tools that I no longer need to protect myself, protect my child self that I didn't need at 22, but I was still acting it out Mm because I was still in the traumatic cycles. And so part of, so then after the solo date, just even those things, my therapist acknowledging those things, saying sorry, we was just boo-hoo in that therapy session, both of us. I was like, oh my God, like now I'm not crazy. Like you see it, and it was just like a whole revelation, and then I didn't feel like it was a thing anymore. And so it's all of those things. You gotta speak to it. I feel like sometimes even when you ask people what's wrong, they be like, nothing, or I don't know. I don't know. We suppress a lot of stuff, but I'm like, no, you have to figure out what happened. <laughs> Yeah. You have also, to. but you have to, I think the other thing is, is like, you have to create space for that. Yeah. Like, I think that, I mean, not everyone can go to therapy or mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but even how you were talking about talking to your friends about like intentional things. Like, yeah. to me, that's a very different and like that also changes relationships. Like I said, 
earlier talking about that movie, like, mm-hmm. our generation doesn't know what a relationship is, and mm-hmm. so we're going to have a very rude awakening eventually, but, yeah. um, like, those types of things, they're so uncomfortable, but at the same time, they're so necessary, so, like, yeah. it's not going to be fun if you don't have a therapist, you need to tell somebody. <laughs> you need to, even if it's just yourself, and, like, that was what Crystal was saying, that she's been... Um, one of the practices or tools is that her therapist made her write a letter to herself. My trainer did that to me. Yeah. Shout out to you, Leslie. I love you. You're also my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, and every time I get down or I start doubting myself, she's like, read the letter. Yeah. And I'm like, every time it makes you choke up. It's not even that long. It's three lines. It doesn't matter. But like every time I'm like, <laughs> you're out here doing work. You really yeah. don't want to do it. Like it's, it's wild to me. But like, what if you had to write a letter to that little girl? so there's like different forms of the letter writing but this one is so you know what she has been through and now it's time for you to give her some comfort some protection what would you say you know what i mean some even acknowledgement like yo we've been through it um i just you like i know this like naming the things and writing it down (laughs) dominique is looking at me (laughs) y'all i'm so expressed to y'all I know Dominique. all my friends are about to listen to this and they're going to be in my mentions and they're going to be like, this Dominique episode. Dominique is looking at me with his eyes. <laughs> Maybe not want to keep going. But anyway. No, keep going. But yeah, just like Dominique. writing a letter to that little girl and telling her, I got you. What does that look like? What does it look? Because she still needs that. That's the problem. We're still those people. Yeah. And we walk around with these unresolved hurts, these unacknowledged pains and we think it's someone else's responsibility to come and fix it. Well, I was That was for somebody. (laughs) Okay, that was for... It's your fault. You cheated on me. You left me. You did this to me. And because you're not... Because those people aren't doing... Showing up and saying sorry, now you're walking around Mm -hmm. in pieces forever waiting for this thing that's not going to come. And so it's kind of like... It's it kind of like you so, <laughs> so it's kind of like what I what I also acknowledge even even kind of like bringing it all together mm-hmm. is the process of change and transition. Mm-hmm. What what I said earlier is I have learned to trust myself. Yeah. And so even if nobody else come, me and little B, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I got me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if nobody else supports me, I got me. Even if no one else believes this is the right thing, I got me. And there is historical evidence that shows me that at the very least, I can depend on myself. Yes. And so it's up to me to do the work on myself. No one else is going to come rescue you from out the ether. Your parents are going to all of a sudden be like, you know what? I was just thinking about They're not thinking about it. That's just what it is. Yeah. People who've hurt you intentionally, unintentionally, they're not not sleeping at night you're the one who's up thinking about those things and you you have to deal with it like you're the one who has to resolve that unfortunately and we just don't take the time out to do that and so there's different ways to explore that and do that but part of it is just acknowledging that whatever way you want to acknowledge it whether it's writing something down it could be certain things let it come out Mm -hmm. look at it and then be like all right, this is a part of me. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh, what? I don't want to think. I don't want to. I want no one to know. I don't want to, you know, deal with this. It's a part of you. It is. It is your journey, and so the things will come up. You deal with them, and then you keep it moving. Like that's like the healing process. But you gotta 
Oh, actually, I wish I could find his name. Let me see if I can find it. But my friend Jose, he actually has a poem about, like, therapy and his demons. And, man, that was fire. <laughs> but it was all about, like, um, we think that there's some, like, magical process to healing. And it's really just bringing the monsters up. Yeah. It, it really is. Like, there's nothing <laughs> else we can do. There's nothing else, actually, that's happening. And also, you don't have to heal by yourself. I just wish everyone would stop thinking that. Also, the, uh, the quote from his poem says... Do it. My therapist says I can't make the monsters disappear, no matter how much I pay her. All she can do is bring them into the room so I can get to know them, so I can learn their names, so I can see clearly their toothless mouths, their empty hands, and their pleading eyes. <laughs> Same. Okay. But, like, the first line is really, like, my therapist says I can't make them disappear. Like, it is what it is, but we can call them by their yeah. name. You can look, like, this is what has been haunting you and kind of, like, confront that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, I mean, I know that even... The last series that we had at church was talking about like facing like spiritual warfare, like facing mm. your demons. Like you gotta get toe to toe with them. You don't get to be you don't get to be any further away than like yeah. up close and personal. And even the way we talk about those things, like the acknowledgement of like church or faith or therapy, these things, they don't just fix everything. Yeah, they don't change everything. <laughs> you it's not like over oh, the pray on and then it's gone. No, that's not what happens. Oh, you go to therapy for a year and it's over. No, there's many things that you have to do um, to get to the process that feels good. And sometimes, again, we put too much on other people. You're like, what? I do everything I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm showing up. I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to therapy every week. I'm doing all these things. Why am I still sad? Why am I still disappointed with myself? Why am I still not you know, feeling well, and, like, it's, those are not band-aids or one-stop shops. It's a process. <laughs> those yeah. things are to support the work you should be doing every day by yourself, not for, to do the work for you. Like, <laughs> like I said. <laughs> I just, what is this, Dominique? <laughs> Literally, Dominique is barely blinking at me, y'all. <laughs> she hasn't moved in five minutes. She's just looking at me like this and <laughs> blinking. You know, just like last episode, I was like, wow, this is really heavy. This episode, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Now it's all the application of what I said, y'all, what we said last week, which is great. Um, so now that we know how, like, the healing process and sort of, like, around trauma, yeah. what, the opposite of that when it comes to, like, finding joy and I know that this is this one, she you should see it. Brittany is like dancing right now, um, because you are, because we are people people of color. Many a times we don't feel like we get to experience joy without it being resistance or like mm. being activism, and so which is absurd. But when we do turn up, we turn up. So I guess it's like that's that's the thing. Like our joy is full and um, mm. it's life giving, and so. How are ways that you found a way to find joy and pleasure in life and, like, keep it as a part of your everyday life? I know you were talking about your reading Pleasure Activism and how that sort of, like, shifted. It's shifted a lot for you. So, like, or just, like, helped you acknowledge things more. 
Um, so one thing I'll say is that just in general, black women be thinking they're martyrs. And so there's something that tells us that we're not allowed to seek out things that are just indulgent or fun or selfish. Like, it's just a thing that we resist that I know has to do with epigenetics, which is kind of like um, things that are passed down. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a generational trauma that we're going through. And so I just know in general... Black women be the first people to be like, I mean, I should get my nails done or I should, you know, eat this really good food, but I got to worry about everybody else and what they're eating and if they're okay and if they, they have what they need. And so we put ourselves last. And so what I would say is the book Pleasure Activism wasn't like brand new concepts to me, but they were things that I had forgotten. Like they're like little reminders, like a whole book of reminders of ways that I can please myself, that that is something that I'm allowed that I get to just do stuff because it feels good. That's it. It don't have to have no reason attached to it or a person attached to it. It can just be my own source of um, of pleasure, of joy. And I was like, wow, what a concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I guess that, well, part of it is, um, so my partner right now, she's all about joy. And one of the reasons we like fell for each other, I think even from our first dates, she, we started writing these lists where it was like, tell me 10 things that you want to do in this time, in the next two months, in the next week. And we're just going to make them happen. And they were just like super indulgent, fun, adventurous things. They had nothing to do with anything else. Like it wasn't like, oh, I want to learn how to code. It wasn't nothing like that. It was like, I want to go on a roller coaster. And we we're like, great, we're going to go to roller coasters together. It was like, I want to, you know, learn a new cookie recipe. And we in there bake it and make cookies. Like, <laughs> and it didn't have to be like a thing. It wasn't even attached to each other. We would just use these lists to like plan out dates. And so I would say being around a person who actively is like every day I must have magic is kind of wild. I don't know. I don't know if I even know anybody else like that. Like, literally, because there, I mean, I feel like that, but then there's some days where I'm like, I'm tired, I'm going to just go home and do nothing, and she's like, I'm tired, I need to, like, do something great, like, I need to, like, laugh a lot right now, and I'm like, what? But you're tired, though, just go home and do nothing, and her thing is like, I don't want to spend all of these, I don't want to spend all of my energy um, on things that don't bring me joy, like, the magic part of the day is for me. So the tiredness is for y'all. You know what I'm saying? I done went to work for eight, ten hours. I done taught, drove, dealt with traffic, dealt with my, my family or whatever. I'm stressed. The rest part is necessary, but before I rest, I want to have some magic included in that. And that's how she is. Could, it could be late at night. She's like, I don't feel like I did anything magical today. <laughs> we got to go, like, ride bikes right now. Like, find a, find, like, She'll get caught up and be like, I need the most delicious barbecue I've ever had. I remember one Sunday, we spent hours looking for the best barbecue in New York. Isn't that a wild, like... That's a wild thing to think of. But you know what I mean? Like, that's what I want. And I want to follow whatever my desire is. And so we could have just ate anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, settled for anything. And that's just kind of how life is. You're like, I want this, but I'll settle for this. 
Like I want, like I want the best barbecue, but eh, we'll just go to BBQs. So I just eat some chicken from the Chinese store. It's the same. It's not the same. That's rip. <laughs> it's, That's you're, real. you're settling. You're you've now not allowed yourself to like be full of that. And so anyway, in practice of that, not just with my partner, but also being inspired by that, I want to I want to take moments to give myself that. And so sometimes, so here are my little bitty ones, because it, it doesn't have to be as big as riding a roller coaster, y'all. We're not doing that every day. It doesn't have to be as big as like, or dramatic as this, or cost anything. It's little things. So one of my favorite simple ones is dance parties in my underwear in my room. Hey. Loud, obnoxious <laughs> dance parties. Sometimes I just want to sing off key and I want to be late. <laughs> I want to hop out the shower and, and dance and be late for wherever I'm going because I can't stop singing and dancing to my favorite song. And, and I have many different playlists for that. I have like a self-love playlist. I have like a, a, what's it called? A mood ring playlist for each year. Mm-hmm. I have a vibes one. I have different, different styles, different places I'm in, but I love that. It makes me so happy to just be like, ah, ah, ah. and it even makes me happy to be late. Being late is one of the things that brings me pleasure. Because <laughs> it's true to myself and to my African roots. Being late in the sense of, um, so it started in high school. So the thing about being late is not just like intentionally coming late, but also taking away all the stress of being late. Yeah. So in high school, we had like homeroom and you had to get there for you was late. But if I was already going to be late, we started this practice that I'm going to have everything I need then because it, the amount of time doesn't matter if you're already late. So if it's five minutes of 15, you might as well not spend the whole time, oh, oh I'm so late. Like you stress, you, there's just nothing you can do about it. And so there's kind of like, pleasure is also kind of like being able to release those everyday annoyances. So in high school, we was like, well, I'm late already. I, I'm, I'm late as soon as I leave this house. So I'm going to go get a great breakfast. <laughs> I'm showing up to school with my chai latte. <laughs> Because I'm going to be stressed regardless. It's already an inconvenience, but I might as well make it worth it. You know what I'm saying? So even if it was the train's fault, now it's going to be worth it because I got my bacon and cheese. You know what I'm saying? And now I feel like, oh, you know, the 10 minutes, I'm sorry, but it was worth it. That's what happened today. I was late. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be rushing, sweating. I'm going to chill because I'm already late. But let you know that I'm going to take this time to decompress and not put all of that into the rest of my day. That anxious, crazy, yeah. like wound up feeling. I hate that feeling. So I just be, I be, what do you call it? Leaning in. I be leaning into the already things I can't control. So yeah, I went, got me a smooth, I'm getting healthy. So I had the greatest peach today. I felt very good about my 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean, I didn't feel no way, so... <laughs> But yeah, just leaning into those like simple things. Sometimes I just, I used to do this thing when I was feeling really sad, where I would lay in bed and when I woke up, I would have to give myself five reasons to get out of bed. <laughs> That's what I used to do. Cause it was hard, girl. I was like, ugh. But I didn't want to start my day with that like, uh feeling. Yeah. I wanted it to be like gratitude or uh, anticipation so I would lay in the bed my eyes closed and I was like alright so I want to run off girl what do we need to do to get from here to where we're going and be good about that you know what I'm saying like yeah. so Expectancy. I would think about it yeah I'd be like I would name like certain students I had 
I'm like, so-and-so is looking forward to seeing you, blah, blah, blah. I would think about maybe like things that I love that's on the way. I'm like, oh, but you, there's a book you just started, you get to read on your commute. Or I'd be like, um, you woke up today and you have all your eyes and limbs and so you should go see the sun or something. Like I would just give myself all of these reasons. Um, but then, yeah, so there's like a, there's like a spectrum of joy and pleasure. And I feel like people, we limit it to the get your nails done, get your hair done. Yeah. Go to the bottomless brunch. <laughs> and I'm like, what about the little stuff? Like I literally once I leave here, I'm about to go to the bookstore, walk around. I like the way books smell. All of these little things give me pleasure. I might want to hear my niece's voice today. Um, and hear her tell me about things that are silly or not that important. Um, those things give me pleasure too. And it's not just like, so no, I'm not going to Six Flags today. And maybe I'm not going to have a crab leg feast tonight. But I'm going to find the little things every day that are just desirable. Like I might, I might go to five different stores just to get my favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like that's something I've done. I don't just go to one store and get disappointed. I'm like, well, because I'm going to another store because I want that. Yeah. Wow. What are the ways? So let me spin it on you because Dominique just want to blink at me this whole time. <laughs> what are what are small things that make you super joyful that are not related to anything work like they're just super indulgent or um desirable joyful things that you're like oh that's my favorite thing <laughs> um so friday every friday morning mm-hmm. i like after i you know do a little some a little bible reading and everything mm-hmm. i will go to spotify and like look at the new music <laughs> and i always look for like the most poppin song and i send it to two of my friends that i work with <laughs> and i'm just like yo this is the jam for the day. And it's just like, I don't know, like I've literally done it like every Friday for a couple months. Sometimes I can be forgetting, but like to share it. But that's like something that like really brings me joy and I do it every week. Um, also, I talk about him all the time, Terrell Grice, his videos, his song association videos. Like if I'm in a really yeah. bad mood, I'm like, we popping on Terrell. <laughs> especially if I'm at work. Yeah. Um, that are sermons. Um, usually in the beginning of the week, it's like sermons, and then I don't switch to Terrell. Um, um, gotta get you through. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, the Lord. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of dancing. I think dancing really brings me joy. Um, whenever I do get to go out dancing, mm-hmm. I um, love music. I, I really, Music, I think, is one that's like just a constant. So like if I hear a good song... If my friends send me playlists and stuff like that, like I think that that's something that always definitely brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, community brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like hanging out with friends, having a super good conversation, um, like those are like those are things that would just happen every day. If someone like randomly texts me or calls me or anything like that, like those things I think are like my random mm. during the week like I'm not like having to do anything um to seek them out mm. type things for joy because they're just sort of constant mm. for me I even got things like I have like a favorite pair of shoes I have a favorite pair of shoes like, now <laughs> like there's just things like it could be like not even go on my outfit I'm like I'm gonna put these on because they're my favorite like they make me feel good they comfy like 
I, I should wear this with this like suit because they're like these they're my sparkly silver sneakers yeah they these sparkly silver Reeboks they are so comfortable and I think they're the cutest shoes in the world my roommate has sparkly silver shoes <laughs> and she loves them too and she's like she's like I have no purpose in these but they bring me joy and so and they're super cute yeah they're just like silver vans and so but that's what I mean like it's just be like really random stuff like you know people got like lucky socks and drawers yes. and it's like just the most crazy like yeah. this this actually probably doesn't mean anything to you, but it means so much to me to have this, like, little thing that, like, oh. Yeah, actually, know. and when you were talking about, like, just doing things, like, even if you're already going to be late. Yeah. Like, I know, because I wear gym clothes three yeah. times a week um, to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, whenever I, so, like, Fridays are typically days that I, like, wear regular clothes. Mm-hmm. And even if I know I'm not going anywhere on Friday, like, mm-hmm. I first, I will always put on, like, either a full face or like lipstick or something and yes. like makeup really brings me joy yes. um which is why sephora is a ginormous problem for my <laughs> for my finances you know it's fine <laughs> um but like and also i think that i get joy like if i do someone's makeup or something mm-hmm. like that like those are bigger things i guess but like when they're like oh my gosh i just feel so beautiful i'm like that for you um because i think that like also i think for me also i get joy from making other people happy just just uh, like a black woman (laughs) (laughs) i knew he was gonna say that black women cannot help themselves yo it could be kids it don't matter i just get i'm so happy that they happy i'm like sis i feel you and (laughs) i knew it (laughs) you can wait a whole just like 10 minutes of the podcast that I knew was going to come up. And I'm telling you, it's something crazy that's only in our community. Like, yo, we just but, be so, like, like, think about grandmas and aunties who get happy cooking for everybody. That seems like such a <laughs> silly thing to say because cooking is so much labor. You know it's I mean? a lot of work, but especially like, for like large oh, people. It makes me happy to like to feed you i'm like that's a real <laughs> they do that's a real nurturing thing though it's not even but it, but also you have to think of like even like how we gas each other like yeah like i'm sorry i'm gonna be real honest can't nobody gas <laughs> nobody like no black woman it just does it, and it's not even a we're not addressing you as a person no. even though we are addressing you as a person yeah. it's like it's we gonna be like lipstick and we be like hey girl look at your lipstick and we're actually talking about your whole person like <laughs> your whole yeah. being you glowing today sis i know what does that mean everything <laughs> i know what it meant thanks yeah. <laughs> i received it i don't know what else it is and also i think it's because like i m- my personality is like i'm the i'm yeah. everyone's hype woman yeah i know and so <laughs> again this is the black woman's plight where everyone's everything that's the problem <laughs> that's a whole different episode. We can't. Hello. <laughs> I'm everyone's. I'm everyone's caregiver. I'm everyone's uh, favorite. I'm everyone's advice person. It's yeah. true. I know. We are. You didn't even have to tell me. <laughs> but I truly enjoy it. <laughs> Actually, I only enjoy it for people that I want to give it to. Makes sense. Because other people, I'll be like, I don't want to. Mm. I'll let you know at the end of the Saturday's return if I really enjoy that. <laughs> I think that I do it. And it's like habitual. I don't know if I enjoy it. Sometimes it's very draining, especially when people don't listen. So we'll see. I'll get back to you. I might be in my 30s like, ah, girl, don't come to me with no problems. (laughs) (laughs) 
you still have this podcast. I might come back and be like, listen, what I discovered is I ain't doing nan thing for nan body. <laughs> You're like, damn. Before you were so, you used to like drop gyms. I'm not dropping nothing. It's like, I ain't sharing nothing else. <laughs> Which is true. Which I don't even know if that's possible. I really don't. Like, we cannot like it and we still gonna do it because it's, it's who we, it's a part of who we are. Mm. And sometimes we have to accept it. <laughs> it can change. It can be taken away. I think that's part of the generational trauma. No lie. <laughs> like, there's, like I said, there are no lies to what she just said. There are. But, well, I don't, I mean, how are you feeling? You feeling good? I feel like I just got red. I feel like that's, I just feel like <laughs> Does anyone else, someone else will feel this way. They'll be like, wow, I really need to gather my emotions and explore who I am. True. I mean, basically what I want everyone to walk away with is how do you put yourself first? Yeah. How do you do things? The good, the bad, the ugly, that's just all about you. I don't think we give ourselves that much attention and time. We give our jobs maybe eight hours, maybe more than that. We give our partners this. We give our fam that. But what do you give yourself? That's that's it. Like, how do you forgive yourself? How do you love yourself? How do you trust yourself? And how do you spend time with yourself? Like, do you have time in your schedule to have a whole day that's just you? And nobody has to be there. And you don't have to, you know, go pick nobody up from work. And <laughs> do all these other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so that's just really what it is. That's the exploration part. It's just that I am detached from other people in this new way. That's really, that's the freedom part. Like, oh, I only have to worry about myself. So like, that's the not giving people expectations. I walk into all situations, jobs, everything. Like, you know what I realize? Everybody's looking out for themselves and I should do the same. That's it. I'm not asking you to be different. Don't ask me to be different. <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> And so, like, that's the, that's the new journey. That's the self-exploration. It's the self-exploration. That's what I mean. It's not the group one. It ain't the... <laughs> Y'all should see why you're not being weird to me. But, yeah, it's the self one. It's like, what am I doing for me? How am I doing that? How am I checking in with myself, learning myself? Um, yeah, just all of those things. So, like, that's the, that's the work. It's harder than it sounds. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of that part. If nothing. Okay. Well, we've come to an end, y'all. I feel like I have been, I've grown so much in this conversation. <laughs> uh, Brittany, where can I find you on the interwebs? Ow. So, y'all should just hit me up. I'm like an open person. You can find me at Brie Boheme. V-R-I Boheme. Um, on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> she be dropping gems on both. <laughs> um, and yeah, working on a website, all kinds of things. But yeah, work with me, talk with me, chill with me. Yes. And as you know, you can always follow me at D underscore creative and the intersect you can follow the intersection podcast mm-hmm. at the intersect pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can listen on Spotify, Stitcher, my website, and Apple Podcasts. Wow, we're just so many places. It's exciting. And you can email us if you have any any questions. Or if you want to, like you said, reach out to Brittany. Um, you can email us at theintersectionpodcast at gmail.com. And we will be back 
hopefully soon. I'm not gonna try and keep these so spaced out this time. I'm talking about black girl magic and history and black music month, because that's also this month. Oh. So many, see, we can celebrate a lot this month. Pride, black history. Celebrate black yourself. Month, all the things. So be great, drink your water, mind your business. Love y'all. See you in a little bit. Bye.